This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Do you want to know what's going on at 1265 Lombardi Avenue? What's next for the pack? Let's check in with our green and gold insider, Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press-Gazette. Brought to you by Thomas Marola Law Offices. Divorce, child custody, and other family law needs. Go with experience. Go with Thomas Marola. Online at marolalaw.net or call 414-327-5800. It's a grind just to get to this point. And that makes the finality of it all kind of hit you like a ton of bricks. That's why it's a gutting feeling in your stomach. All right, Aaron Rodgers, obviously upset and sad and, you know, a lot of work went into this season. A lot of work goes into every season, but then there was the restrictions and the testing and your your replacement got drafted this year. So, you know, it's it's going to be, it's going to hit you when it all comes crashing down, how his comments should be interpreted coming up momentarily as we talk to Ryan Wood, PackersNews.com, Green Bay Press-Gazette. So just like most Packers playoff losses, there are 500 different things where this all went wrong. I want to talk first specifically about what I think was the most abhorrent part of the game, and that was LaFleur's decision to kick a field goal. Now, as they were struggling in the red zone, I thought to myself, I thought, self, you could kick a field goal here, but that would be thinking that you're not going to make the two-point conversion because then you're going to want the ball back anyway. And, and I thought about that for a second, and I thought, no, nah, that is really dumb because you're going to take the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands when all Rodgers' career, we always say if he could have just won that coin flip, had it in his hands, if he could have just had one more possession and responded to the defense, if we, if we could have ended with the ball last with Aaron Rodgers. So it doesn't matter if that pass interference isn't called and the Packers get the ball back. It doesn't matter to me that they did have three plays where the red zone offense was sputtering. You're down eight points. You've got the MVP. He was what got you there. You willingly, you made a sober, conscious decision to take the ball out of his hands and kick a field goal. I just... I don't like it's not 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 fire Matt LaFleur. I'm not anything like that, but man, Woody, that's gonna be a tough thing for Rodgers and LaFleur. All this talk about their relationship and there was never any merit to it. That's gonna be a tough thing for them to work through, I feel. And Matt LaFleur knows it. Do you know why he was so I mean, effusive and the hell yeah, he better be back. Um he he, he knows it. It, it was it was an indefensible decision. Now, here's the thing. The only thing that could possibly make that decision worse is if he then turns around and fires Mike Patton. Imagine that. 
if if he took the ball out of his MVP's hands to put the game into the hands of a defensive coordinator that he had so little confidence and trust in that he then swiftly fires, that would make it would be illogical. Um, so, well, that's a good that's point. I didn't think at. about that because that that, that 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 decision may have saved Petten's job. I mean, it would be illogical. You take the ball out of your MVP's hands to put the game into the hands of a defensive coordinator that you then fire. It would be an illogical decision. And Matt Lafleur is twenty-six and six. He does not strike me or I think anyone as illogical. So that, that's where I, that's where I keep coming back to on the Mike Petten thing. Is I mean, it, it, that would the one thing that would make that decision worse. But you said it. The fact that his entire career in the playoffs, he has had the ball taken out of his hands. A lot of times that's fate. It's just a coin. This time it was his head coach. That's a tough thing. It's a tough thing. Um, I get that inside the 10-yard line, the Packers' offense looked terrible. A lot of that was because, as Matt LaFleur said, they got away from the running game and they got into this constant drop-back game. It, 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 it felt like something like Mike McCarthy would do, just just ditch the game plan, ditch, ditch, ditch the balance, ditch what you do well offensively, and just drop back and throw it 45 times with Aaron Rodgers. Um, but at fourth and eight, even if you don't get it, the Bucks get the ball back with those timeouts, with the two-minute warning. They get the ball back inside their own 10-yard line. You're giving your defense a better position to succeed as well. I, I was I was stunned when I saw the field goal unit immediately, and there was no hesitation. It immediately left the sideline. It was immediately on the field. I literally said, "What, what is he doing?" I was shocked. I cannot, it was a shocking move. And if there wasn't five hundred things to talk about, you know, you know, Will Redman and Kevin King and the offensive line, and there's there's so many other things to talk about. But I I made a promise to myself this week that. If we don't talk about that decision for five minutes, I'm going to bring it back up because it was it was just so wild. You had a chance to tie the game, and the the comparison I use is you hear that phrase, well, I mean, he's playing chess and everyone's playing checkers, but the game is checkers. You don't play chess if you're playing checkers. The game is checkers, and Matt LaFleur, who was right there, tried to go backwards and around go and – all these different things, and it didn't make any sense. And I do feel for Rodgers. You know, you hear him in that press conference, everything that has to be going through his head. This is a guy who wins a Super Bowl, thinks that many are going to come, at least many appearances, and then just doesn't have the support of the organization most of the time. It's not like he wanted $50 million veterans. He's asked for guys, or, you know, Randy Moss has been available, Marshawn Lynch, Tony Gonzalez for lower-round picks. They never come. Free agency, they don't use that for a while. The McCarthy-Rogers relationship deteriorates long before Mark Murphy ever did anything about it. They finally bring in a guy who is smart. He's a smart head coach. And Rogers takes a minute, you know, am I going to go fully in here, one toe in the water? And then this year, it's just a, a trust level between the two, and everything's working. And then in crunch time, when he needs you the most, he like betrays you and bails on you. So I do worry about how the relationship between those guys is gonna I mean is gonna be fixed. It's just to me it's like, and again, I'm not firing Matt LaFleur, but when you look at the 2014 NFC championship game, Mike McCarthy never recovered. And if you look at the Super Bowl, the Falcons lost 28-3. Uh they never recovered with Dan Quinn. When there's something that is this 
like jarring and quick and sudden and shocking, it's really hard to recover from that. I worry about that with Lafleur and Rodgers. Well, the, thing with, the, the thing about the decision is that Matt Lafleur has been pedal to the metal this entire season. He's been in a very aggressive play caller and head coach in situations like this. He he goes for the aggressive approach. Um, I go back to Detroit week 14 and they have the penalties the false start and they, they they get pushed back behind their line of game for the field goal and he sends mason crosby out there anyway that's matt lafleur he takes the aggressive approach and mason crosby delivered in that moment and and, and made him look good um I, I it would have been so much more defensible if he if they wouldn't have gotten the fourth and goal from the eight well he wanted to go for it all he put the ball in his quarterback's hands and and to take the ball willingly out of your MVP's hands, it, it just, I know the timeouts. I, I understand the rationale. I know the offense did not look good in the red zone. Um, you get one play, right? If you want one play with that on the line, who, who do you want to have the, the football? You, you want Aaron Rodgers in all the league. You want Aaron Rodgers. He's the MVP. You want him to have the football. Matt LaFleur had Aaron Rodgers and he took the ball out of his hands. It's, it's going to be a really tough thing to defend. Just when you say it again and spell it out, it's it's more shocking. I mean, it just it's not one of those things that you like gradually accept. It just becomes more shocking and shocking as it happens. Uh, and as you talk about it, Aaron Rodgers talking after the game. All right, so this guy is talking about the future, and there's a lot of questions with this team's future. The cap's going to go down. Your comments on Twitter, you said Aaron Rodgers sounded like a quarterback who knows his best chance of the Super Bowl was ripped away. He knows the cap situation. Packers are going to have to make tough calls. He knows time is short. Not sure it's any deeper than that. Others, and it's not just one of your colleagues, a couple are running with a a narrative that maybe Rodgers is saying goodbye. And now pro football talk, of course. Uh, Florio's got the article up. Here are the teams you could go to. Here's how he could leave. Here's all the cap stuff. Like Florio's been waiting his whole life for this moment. You know, what do you read into the Rogers comments? Look, we, we don't have near enough information. You know, Aaron Rodgers is Zen like when it comes to saying or, or, or sitting, sending signals, uh, publicly that, that can be, overanalyzed without any real backbone or, or, or credibility to, you know, what he's actually saying uh, from our end. So, you know, he, he, he says what he says, and all of a sudden we turn into psychologists. Um, and I, I, I very well, I, I don't know. I'm just saying how I heard it. I, I could be wrong. I don't think anyone knows, really. Um, but the way that I heard it, he said it was a gutting loss. I believe it. Because psychologically, like in Seattle and in Atlanta, and in San Francisco last year, they, they lost, and it was the same result. But there was always the there was always the yeah, but there was always the yeah, but let's get this game in Lambeau Field. Let's see what happens on the tundra. And then you get a warm weather team coming to Lambeau Field on the tundra, and they lose again. So psychologically, that that I mean, I think that that's part of what makes this so gutting. They had everything they always wanted, and they lost. And then Aaron Rodgers. You, you've seen how giddy he's been these past few weeks. It's not a coincidence. He, he knew what this team had. He knew what this team was. He knew he had a Super Bowl team. And he did. And it was very much like 14, not like 16 and 19. It was like, it was like 14 in Seattle. This was a Super Bowl team, and they didn't get to that across that threshold 
that's what makes this so gutting. But the fact that he was so reflective last night, I think in any other year would have been a big contrast, right? Because we haven't seen that from him. But we've seen that from Aaron Rodgers all year. He was asked after Week 17 in Chicago if when, you know, the season that he's had, the MVP-type numbers, the number one seed, if that eliminated the doubt for his future. And he was very, very blunt that, no, it did not. Even in that moment, even in the jubilant moment, he still was acknowledging doubt in his future. Ever since April, that doubt did not go away. It's not like he got upset or he had a lot of major themes going through his mind last night after a crushing loss and was trying, trying to send a message because of that. This doubt has been persistent since April. It has not gone away. And so, for me, I think that he, he, he realizes that he had a Super Bowl team, that this is quite likely the, the, the last best chance that he'll get because next year he knows what's going on with the cap. It's going down $20 million, and the Packers, even without the cap going down, would have very difficult financial decisions to make with guys like Aaron Jones and All-Pro Center and Corey Lindsley. Say what you want about Kevin King after yesterday, but he is one of their starting corners, so that's another guy. Um, and, and that's not even that, that's, that's not even counting the fact that there's going to be cap casualties. I don't think it was a coincidence that he specifically named Mercedes Lewis because Mercedes Lewis brings a lot to that locker room. He's very close to Rodgers, and he's a great luxury to have as a, a really good veteran blocking tight end in this offense. But when the cap's going down, you have the free agent decisions to make anyway. You don't have the luxury of, of, of paying a, a really good blocking tight end. That's not the reality. A lot of teams, including the Packers, are going to find themselves in. I think Aaron Rodgers knows all this, and it, it, it just it, it makes sense that in that moment he's thinking, "Gosh, that was that was it," and and, and they they blew it, and they did. Um, so I don't know. I mean, you know, the, the bottom line is he's under contract next few years, and and that's not going to change. And the Packers want him; they're going to have him. So it just doesn't it doesn't make sense to me that he was trying to force his hand in that situation. But again, I, I could be wrong. That's just how I heard it. I mean, there's a lot else that happened in this game. You had the breakdown right before the half, Scotty Miller with the touchdown, Devonte dropped the touchdown, Aaron Jones fumbled a couple of times, lost the one and then got hurt. I guess I think despite all that, that all happened before you got Tom Brady to throw you an interception on three straight drives, and he had six points. And that, I think, because you were able to, even with all that had happened, you were able to recover and do what you needed to do. And then they failed to execute in that way. And I know Matt LaFleur was asked, well, why didn't you run one of those six plays on those two drives where you didn't score? And he said, I don't know. I just think that that is what I'm going to remember. I'm going to remember the LaFleur decision, which was – so bad. And then I'm going to remember, yeah, that's the game. Tom Brady threw three interceptions and the Packers did pretty much nothing with it. Woody. Well, Matt LaFleur said it yesterday. He was not on his A game. And I think that, you know, Matt LaFleur is always the first to take criticism. Uh, It's part of who he is as a head coach. And a lot of the times at the stretch, because Matt LaFleur has been a very, very good head coach. When you're 26 and six, you're doing something right. And I get that some of it's the quarterback. Yeah, a big part of it's the quarterback. But you're still doing something right at 26-6, and six, back-to-back NFC Championship games. So a lot of times it's a stretch. Yesterday, Matt LaFleur wasn't anywhere close to his A game. And he knew it. 
Um, and it wasn't just the decision. The decision itself, again, it's, it's an indefensible decision. But the, he got away from what this offense did so well all year. The balance, the run game, since week one, since Minnesota week one, it's been the run game setting up everything else and making Aaron Rodgers and that action pass game so lethal. Uh, you saw last week against the Rams when they're running, 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 running relentlessly, and then they hit Alan Lazard for the big touchdown when the, the safeties cheat up. That's, that's what this offense is, and he completely got away from it. The bottom line, Aaron Rodgers set a, a record yesterday for most completions ever by a Packers quarterback in a single playoff game. That is the absolute wrong record, the, the, the last record they wanted to set. That is not a record this team needed because that is not what this offense is, is, is constant drop back, drop back, drop back, and just chucking it all over the yard. That is, it's not what they did all year. And so in a big moment like that, not just the decision, but on the big stage to completely get, disavow yourself of what got you there, that's, that's got to be a tough thing. Just saw this stat. I didn't see it till just now. In the last 20 postseasons, 13 times a player threw three interceptions and a half. Tom Brady did it. And uh, Russell Wilson did it in the 2014 conference championships. Those are the only two guys to ever do it and win. So the Packers, at least, if nothing, they are consistent. Woody will talk on Thursday. Hopefully we know a lot more by then, but we probably won't. But we'll still talk to you. Lord, that's a hell of a hammer to end on. That, <laughs> that's, that's stunning. That's just that's stunning. All right, let me we'll hey, let me that. read it again, just so in case people are like not following it. In the last twenty postseasons, thirteen times a player threw three interceptions in a half. Tom Brady did it yesterday. Tom Brady did it. The only other time that a guy did that in one was Russell Wilson in twenty fourteen. What am I watching here, Woody? This sucks. All right, talk to you Thursday. <laughs> Uh, take care, man. Take care. <laughs> I'll try. I'm doing good. Oh. Mm. All right. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.